Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Take in this moment, I the soul, settle. Gently inside, behind my eyes. As I continue this journey in time, I'm not the body. I am not my attachments. And I am not my material world around me, but as I settle further within the soul, I am powerful, with the power to let go, I am able to release the negative thoughts and memories that I find myself still holding on to. I recognize that the past is the past. And to bring any of it into the present is to limit my fortune for the future. Instead, I, the soul, remain positive, light, and true. I'm free from burdens or worries, trusting that with the power to let go, 
new experiences and beautiful experiences are attracted to me. I am greatly fortunate. Welcome everyone to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. Very simple, thoughtful, reflective meditation on the power to let go. At a time when our fellow brothers and sisters in India are having to learn how to do that very much. I'm asking each and every one of you to take some time and reflect about the invaluable power in breath, in breathing, in living, in being, and to ask oneself if I'm really, truly living fully. We never know when it's going to be time's up. Time's up to play your part, your role. Time's up for the soul to depart the body and say, I have to move on to another story. And all the relationships and people and circumstances that we're leaving behind, for them, I send those good wishes and pure vibrations because it's so challenging. You never know what to do when you lose something that you value so much. And it wasn't on your clock. You didn't clock it. You didn't command it. But the universe did. The destiny did. A special guest today, Emily Threat, is the author of Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief, a comprehensive guide to reclaiming and cultivating joy and carrying on in the face of loss, having gone through the experience of the death of two husbands, as well as the death of her father, mother, sister, many family members and friends, Emily has much experience in grieving process and has learned to face life with love, optimism, and joy. But her mission is to comfort and support those dealing with grief and loss, focusing on positivity. Emily earned a master's degree in English with a concentration in writing, which led her to career teaching writing at the university level, and so she turned to writing to deal with her grief. She also is teaching those dealing with loss how to use writing to deal with their grief. Today, please welcome on air, Emily 3 to 2, America Meditating Radio. Emily, what an interesting journey that you have karmically designed. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I hadn't put it in that perspective for, but that's exactly what it is, an interesting journey. It is. I just lost a friend, too, due to COVID last week, and Uh, again, it just continues over and over again. We often hear about the five stages of grief in which we go from one step to the next. Are there really five stages of grief? Actually, no. (laughs) That's something that's been around since like the mid-70s or early 70s. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was an authority in the dying process, really getting started with hospice in England. She wanted to give something to the people who were dying to hang on to, to have some sort of what's happening to me feeling they had in common with other people. And so she developed those five stages of dying at that point. And people who were left after someone died also wanted something, and so they kind of latched onto these five things. But you don't necessarily go through all of them. One of them kind of doesn't fit at all. They're just kind of arbitrary. They're just kind of something to to hang on to. 
to have something, but you don't need to have those. Since people started talking about those five stages, a lot of people have added other stages. I've seen up to 10 different stages, and I've also seen that people have cut them back down so that there's only like three stages. So my feeling on that subject is don't worry about the stages. What happens doesn't happen in any particular order. It doesn't happen the same for anyone. And so they're not particularly helpful. I bet it's not because each of us is so different and we're going through our emotions in in unique ways. In your book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief, you say that grief never really completely goes away. It just wanes in intensity and sometimes you become more comfortable with it. You know, I call it like waves. (laughs) They come and they go. Why is it so? Well, people are always asking me, when am I going to get over my grief? What I say is that you're going to grieve whoever it is who died for as long as you love them. That's probably going to be the rest of your life. I know it seems funny to say that I love both of my husbands deeply, so that means that I grieve these two men both. And it changes, your grieving changes how you feel too. You get more and more comfortable with it till it gets to a point where you just hold these people in a special place in your heart. It's always there. Grief, people think that it's a, a negative thing, but it really isn't. It's just a process. And part of that process is getting to the point eventually where you're comfortable with holding that love and remembering your loved ones with a smile. Sometimes it's just, you know, those memories, (laughs) they just won't go away. What is considered a normal grieving period before it becomes unhealthy? And is there really a time limit on how long we should? No, there's no time limit. That's something to be concerned with. It's how I deal with it is by living in the moment because in this moment, everything's fine with my grief with my love for my husbands, with where I hold them in my heart, with my love for all my loved ones who have passed. It does, as you said, come in waves. And sometimes it's my sister I'm thinking about because she's the one who passed most recently. But there's not really a particular timeline. Clinically, they say there's something called complicated grief. And that's something that is so intense and lasts so long that you can't function very well in regular, ordinary life. And that time frame varies depending on who you lost, what kind of death the person experienced. There's a lot of things like that. And if you get to the point where your grief is complicated and you feel like you can't really function in your life adequately, then that's the time that the medical people encourage you to see someone and talk to someone to see if they can help you through that in a way that a counselor or a loved one or a book or a group or anything else isn't helping you to the point to bring you so that you can get your life as it is now into focus. Because you've lost so many people that you've loved, how have you been able to carry on? I mean, what's the main lesson that you're taking away from all of this? My main lesson... Well, I'll explain it. After Ron was my husband who died most recently, about three and a half years ago, I was looking for something that would comfort me 
something that would help me. And I looked into groups, and they seemed to be very sad. I had looked for maybe a grief counselor and discovered that a lot of them hadn't actually suffered loss themselves. They were doing it all from an academic perspective. And I knew that wasn't for me. And I started reading books. I can't tell you how many books on grief I've read. But they all basically were sad. There's a lot of sadness in the books. And I realized by going through that process that what I was looking for was a way that I could, as I said before, live in the moment and focus on what's good about life now. Focus on joy. Focus on love. Focus on being positive. And that evolved into also focusing on helping others deal with this same issue of what do I do now? Right. Writing is a big part of your healing process. It's always been big journaling and beginning to see what those thoughts are trying to say in our heads when we just can't grab them clearly. In -hmm. what way can writing be therapeutic? Is there a particular style, form? Is there like a timeline that's best to write, your feelings on paper? What happens when you feel like you've gotten the realization but there is no pen and paper? How do you craft those moments because you know they're significant? In what way can it really be therapeutic for us? I believe it's therapeutic because it's a way of organizing your thoughts, if I can say it that way. Frequently when we just think our thoughts about something, we have a tendency, our mind will bounce around and go in so many different directions at the same time that we're not really focusing on any one thing. That can become really overwhelming. But when you use the process of writing, you're focusing the thought on whatever it is that you're writing right then. And I suggest doing a variety of writing things. It's not the same thing every time you pick up a pen, but it's a finding what's going to serve you with what you're feeling right then. For instance, I have a writing practice of every day, first thing in the morning before I get on with my day, I'll do certain things. One of them is meditate, of course. And then after that, I write an entry in my journal of whatever it is that's on my mind right at that moment. And that kind of clears things out so that I can then focus on what I want to. And after that, I write at least three things that I'm grateful for and why I'm grateful for these things. And they vary all the time. I don't write like the same three things every day. I've always got different things to be grateful for, which is a comforting realization when that happens for you then I write at least three affirmations about me. I'll start off with the words I am and then say whatever I am. And those two vary as I write them. And they're very helpful. They're kind of, well, affirming to me of who I am and who I'm being and what I'm doing. And after that, I write an intention, whatever it is that I'm focused on most I write as an intention. And then the kind of exciting way that I end this particular writing practice is by writing joy, something that brought me joy the day before and why it brought me joy. And I always smile again when that happens. So that's one way of writing that's kind of a routine that you can do every day, You know, develop whatever works for you into a pattern. Some people just write what they're grateful for every day first thing, and that's a wonderful thing. Also in writing, I have taught the process of writing haikus. 
short form of mm-hmm. Japanese poetry. And mm-hmm. I have some people that get up and instead of writing their gratitude, write their haikus every day and write a few of those. So that really helps. But then there are other ways, too. The very favorite thing that I teach people that they keep asking to do it again and maybe do it in a little bit different way, but they really like to come back to it, is to write a letter to your loved one, whoever it was. Tell them everything that you want to say, anything that you would have been saying to them right then if they were sitting right there in front of you, and write the whole thing. And it can be filled with whatever it is that you want to. Then at the end, sign it as you'd signed a letter, like with love always and your name, whatever it is, however you want to sign it. And then as soon as you've completed that, start again and write a letter to yourself from that person that you just wrote to. And the revelations that come to you are pretty right amazing. Here, you know? I love writing. I think it's so important for our empowerment and healing to take place and to reconnect with a part of ourselves that we don't spend a lot of time with, which is the inner world. You know, it's hard to talk to somebody when they lost someone that they love. I mean, what should we never, ever say to someone who is grieving the loss of a loved one? There's a whole bunch of things not to say to someone who's grieving. Things like, oh, God must have needed another angel. That person thought immediately, well, I needed that person too, you know, or something like, oh, you can always have another baby, or you can get married again, or one that really bothers me, and people say it all the time, is, I'm sorry for your loss. And I've gotten to the point where it doesn't bother me as much anymore. And I think I got bothered by it because it seemed like what the trend was, and everybody would say it, and they would say it in a way that was kind of, I'm sorry for your loss, and now can we go grocery shopping? It just didn't feel sincere. Now, I realize that for some people, that's the very best they can do, especially if they're grieving heavily, too. They want to say something, and they're not sure what to say, so that comes out. So those kinds of things aren't helpful. What is helpful is to think about what you're going to say before you say it, and say it with loving kindness, whatever it is. For instance, my dad died first, and then after my mom died, somebody said about, after your folks were married, all those years they still held hands when they were out walking, and whenever I'd see them walking, holding hands, I would smile. They had such a pleasant relationship. Now, that's so much more comforting than something trite or something that isn't really thoughtful about that person. When you can speak about the person who's gone, then that can bring comfort. It might bring tears, and that's okay. But when you say something like, oh, I know how much you loved him, and you must really miss him. And I'm so grateful that I got to see you two together and see the love that you shared. That's so much more comforting. Yeah, it is. It's just so hard for me. I basically will tell my friends or whomever, just I'm here for you, whatever you need, to cry, to laugh, to scream. You know, I'm just here. I just feel like at that time, there's such a need for a safe space of silence because there's so much chaos happening at that time. But sometimes you just need somebody close to you or somebody you trust to just say, I'm hearing. You don't have to even say anything on the other line. I'm just here. 
And I found that that has been one of the greatest comforts for lots of people. What might be the most common regret that perhaps many people have had regarding the loss of a loved one? The one that I hear the very most is, oh, I wish I would have told them this. I wish we would have talked about this. Their regrets about not being able to follow through with with whatever it was. Like an example would be my dad and mom lived about an hour away from us, and they would occasionally stop by just out of the blue when they were going someplace else and going through the community where we lived. And one day they called and asked if we could come join them for lunch just right then. And I did. And my daughter was late teens, I think, at that time. And she was busy doing something, but she said, I will come by, but I can't have lunch with you. I can't stay. And so she stopped by for just a few moments and gave them a hug and just told them a little bit about what she was doing, and then she left. And then shortly after that, not too long after that, my dad died suddenly. It was a total shock to everyone. And my daughter still to this day, I think, has this regret about the last time that she saw him. She didn't tell him that she loved him. Now, he knew she did, and Mom knew she did. But from then on, every time she saw Mom before she died or even when she sees me or when we text each other or anything, she always includes I love you because she learned from not saying that at that point, that it left kind of an emptiness for her. Even though she knew that he knew she loved him, she just felt like she needed to say the words. So talking about something, not holding anything back, not holding secrets, being real and honest and in full integrity with whoever it is, a friend, a partner, a loved one, a child, whoever it is, that really can prevent that kind of regret from coming up. Right. Interesting. Wow, it's been a wonderful conversation with you on air today. You've left us with lots to think about. Is there anything in addition that you'd like to offer as the main message that you could leave to our audience? My main message is to lead with your heart in all that you do. When you just come from a position of love and what you say and what you do, then you can find real happiness and genuine positivity that can guide the rest of your life and know that people you love who have passed would want you to be happy. And so just remember to smile while you hold them in your heart. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us on America Meditating Radio. It's been a real, real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoy your show. All the very best. Stay safe. Thank you. You too. So in a time with such unprecedented stories of individuals leave, you know, losing their loved ones to, quote, unquote, another plane, another dimension, where I would say another lifetime, looking forward for that soul to continue their part of their journey. Emily has given us so much to think about, so many tools to help us to navigate through these times, and I hope you enjoyed them. I know I did. If you'd like some more information on Emily's work, please go to lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com. Lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com. Let them know that you heard about us on America Meditating Radio. 
Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to practice loving each other the same. Let us as well continue to extend our vibrations of peace and love to our fellow brothers in India who are going through quite a challenging time, but also to our brothers and sisters all around the world. Here's Come Into the Light by Bliss. Take care, everyone. When everyone else Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 